Welcome back, everyone. The gallery you use Hi, I'm Robin. Hi, I'm Duncan. Hi, I'm Neil. We are going to be a podcast primarily focusing on everything Pokemon. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Galar Region News at 8. You have got myself, Robin. And myself, Neil. And myself, Duncan. And we have got very little news for you this week again. Because Pokemon clearly saw that we started a podcast a couple weeks ago and just went, well, we need to put a stop to that and have no news come out for the next... I don't know, month. Yeah, they, they've released news just all in one go, and they thought, oh, those guys will, you know, maybe not just say it all in one episode, and we'll kind of filter it out. Another 24 days, and there'll be too much news. <laughs> we won't be able to squeeze it into a podcast. True. Well, like you say, tomorrow they'll announce they're bringing out four new games and 86 different sets of Pokemon cards, and we'll have forgot most of it by... Uh, next time we do recording so yeah that's that'll be great we'll be uh, before we get into what news we do have because there is one bit of very interested news especially if you are an american listener that is what have you guys got up to this week anything interesting no no the, the no. silence and the most exciting thing in my life has been food shopping and the latest episode of batwoman as shows are very slowly coming back and mine is pretty much been educating kids at home which is not good when you finish school what we're we talking more than 10 years ago so years ago so all of Even your longer for me pretty much getting your phone out and using that calculator that all of your teachers told you you wouldn't be carrying around with you so that's fun the jokes on that the calculators are built into our phones now Exactly. I mean, we even... no, you, you need to know how to do it. You won't have a calculator everywhere you go. Yes, you do. I mean, even watches have calculators in them now. <laughs> and if Elon Musk keeps going the way he's going, we'll have like calculators in our mind. <laughs> it's like built onto like the inside of like glasses, lenses as well. I mean, yeah, they did that. They Isn't that Google Glass? Isn't that, isn't that Google Glass? <laughs> if that's the one thing that exists. Yeah, they don't really talk about that a great deal. And uh, no. the only real thing I managed to do this week is I finally set my computer back up. That took far too long, and I was very surprised at the fact that my very old computer still actually worked. And I uh, started playing the TCG Online. It's going alright so far. I've not had very good luck with the online packs. I don't know what it is. I feel like maybe they are a bit more stingy than the actual real packs, probably because they are probably technically cheaper. I don't know if I've found that, because when I'm opening them, I'll get a good card, and I'll kind of be like, yeah, yeah, I got a good card, but also part of me is like, why didn't I get that card in real-life card? I opened... Not including the packs I got for free from doing all like the trainer challenge bits, whatever. I opened just over 50 packs and I got a couple hollows and one full art Milotic 
and the gold big charm from I believe sword and shield base and that was about it really I was because I was a bit annoyed because I was like I could really do with some B cards because I tried playing online and I was not doing well at all <laughs> with the uh, practice decks or like the decks they give you to start with they were not competitively viable decks at all no they're not It'd be like, cool, I've got this Pokemon that can do 120 damage with four energies, and they're like, cool, I've got this Pokemon that I can summon straight away and does like 400 damage for like three energies, and I'm like, cool, I guess I'll just lose then. <laughs> other than that, yeah, no, I've, uh, I've not done anything other than, like you say, a bit of food shopping. So, yeah, super. The most exciting outdoor activity we can do these days. <laughs> Well, yeah. Going into our first bit of news, the uh, new Pokemon Go event that's currently running, the Team Rocket Celebration event that's just started. Obviously, the key part of that is beating all the grunts and stuff, and if all of the new leaders have a new Shadow Pokemon starter, and the one that everyone wants to try and get, really, if they can, of course, it's probably going to be very hard. You want to mainly focus on Arlo, because his starter can be a shiny Beldum, which obviously evolves into the shiny Metagross, which is probably one of the better, I say competitive, more, um, what am I trying to say? Probably one of the better Pokemon used for fighting in raids. Probably only second to like Mewtwo, really. Obviously, typing goes into it as well to determine that, but on a general broad scale. It's always a very nice Pokemon to have. I'm already annoyed with that because it had like the timed research challenges. So I was like, right, I'll, I'll jump on them and try and get through them a lot. And there was hardly any grunts and I was finding it really hard. And then I got to, I think the last one. And then they were like, oh look, grunts are everywhere. And we'll give you like the radar for like doing nothing. And I was like, oh brilliant. Two days ago, I would have loved that. Now. I don't really need that, but I suppose if you've not been able to do a lot, then that would have been very helpful. Yes, because I believe also this month they've got a few, uh, like, one poker coin bundles, haven't they? One's, yeah. one's just gone, and I think they've got one uh, later on in the month again for similar sorts of stuff. Because they've also got starting next week, I believe. Can't remember the date. Do you know the date that the Lunar event's starting, Duncan? Uh, I want to say the 8th, but I could be wrong. It is the 9th. February uh, 9th, starting at 10am, and it's running until Sunday 14th. So there'll be a few Pokemon getting bonuses, you know, new field researches, stuff like that. The usual stuff you get from these events. But the kind of the important one, if you haven't got this Pokemon, or don't live in America is because it's the to do with the new year and things like that and it's because it's the year of the ox they are doing Tauros this year which obviously is the region locked one for America so if you haven't got that yet make sure you play during this time I'm sure they'll probably still be pretty rare so you might have to actually work for it a little bit but you have to apparently you can get it in timed research events so if you haven't got one, I suggest this will probably be the only time you're going to get it, or they might do it again in about 12 years' time. So unless you have... I'm assuming it'll be out on the um, 
the live event all of Gen 1. Oh yeah, sorry, yeah, Taurus will be there, yeah. Yeah, he'll also be there then, I would assume. How rare he'll be, I don't know, but... And uh, the only other thing is, they're increasing the trading range to 40 kilometers again. So if you've got friends that you haven't been able to see recently because of obvious pandemic-related reasons, and you've got some lucky trades, now's probably the best time to use them with them. Maybe save up a couple of legendaries if you manage to find any. That's quite a nice touch, quite a nice thing to do, especially knowing people are in lockdown. I think that's quite helpful, really. It'd be nice if they kept that through all of lockdown instead of keep taking it back again, but yeah, take what you can get, I guess. It's also an increased chance to be lucky friends as well. Hopefully people get all those lucky Pokemon trades. Maybe people can get... I know you can't trade Shadow Pokemon. Maybe people can get some nice lucky Groudons they probably have left over from the last event. <laughs> because pulling back the veil, we record on Wednesdays and last... No, so not last Wednesday, the Wednesday before was the obviously the Kyogre and Groudon one and loads of people were doing that but ever since then I can't seem to find a single person trying to do the raids. I was on it for quite about the most of the hour and I couldn't find a single other person trying to do the uh, the raids. It was obviously Raikou this week. So yeah, that's sucked a little bit. I guess we should move on to probably our most exciting news if you're an American listener, if we have any, but probably our most annoying news if you aren't an American listener. There is currently, it's still running at the minute, I don't know how much longer it's going to be running for, but there is a PSA 9 base set Charizard worth just under two thousand dollars. The company's called X Stocks, and uh, they are currently running a lottery raffle, whatever you want to call it. Basically, you can buy entries for one dollar each to try and win this card. Which, if you aren't a big serious collector that has a lot of money behind you. This is probably going to be the only chance you're going to get any kind of card like that. Because those Charizard yeah. cards are only going to keep going up in value. They're never going to come down. So maybe if you've got a few dollars and you're interested. If it was if it was available for people outside of the US, I, I probably would have been putting a couple in. Just on the off chance. But How come it's only in America? How come it's not here? I've got no idea. It doesn't say. All it says is that you need to be... A legal citizen of the US to do it. I would imagine it's some kind of gambling law. It could also be a postage thing as well, like with an item of that high value, the insurance cost to protect it during postage internationally is probably a lot odd. Yeah, it, it might just be the fact that they just don't trade out of the UK. Like I said, I've never used the, uh, the website. Maybe they, they don't do international anyway. That could be the they reason. Only, they might only have a license to operate in the US as well, so they might not legally be able to. I just think personally it's because they suck and they want to upset me. <laughs> well, you know, Robin, you know, when if you play a board game with Robin, you'll understand something called a spite war. <laughs> have you ever thought that Pokemon have got a spite war with you, Robin? 
but, but I haven't done anything to spite Pokemon. I've literally given them... Most of the, most of the time when you have your spite wars, they don't really do that much to you. They just anger you that little bit much that you just decide to plan everything just to spite that one person. That is Pokemon. They saw one day, they were like, Robin didn't buy Pokemon cards today, Mike, that's it. Robin would buy Pokemon cards if there was any to buy. <laughs> but there's still very little Pokemon cards out there, and it does not look like this will be rectified anytime soon. I did no, manage particularly for those of us outside of the US. Well, yeah. Uh, I don't remember if I mentioned it, but apparently one of the bigger UT UK one of the bigger UK realtors that supplies Pokemon cards to everyone, essentially, from the UK, said that they received a little over 5% of what they were expecting to receive for Shining Fates. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, there'll be other suppliers and stuff that will receive some as well, but yeah, that is not a lot of supply for... A very, very popular set, let's, because I imagine it's going to be very popular. People chasing that. Uh, Black Charizard VMAX, Yes. I managed to get a few tins from eBay at not a great deal above the RRP, because when I did have a look, there was people selling. I think people were selling the Pikachu four pack premium box, whatever you want to call them. I think they were going for £45, so you're thinking that's £11 a pack. Because those those promo cards are not really worth anything. They're normally only worth two or three pound each. If you get them graded in PSA 10s and stuff like that, they can be worth a lot more, but generally not really worth a lot. So. Yeah. Anyone that's wanting to complete a collection of just the Black Star promos, maybe try and pick them up as singles. Yes, if, if that is your plan, I would suggest picking them up as singles because you are going to struggle to find a single box that is under 30 quid, I reckon. Even the pin boxes that come with three packs are going for more than 30, which is just absolutely crazy. So, American listeners, if you enter, Especially if you win it, let us know. It'd be great to hear if someone heard the news from us, decided to go, put one entry in, and actually win it. That would actually be pretty cool. So if anyone does, let us know. Send us a picture. And I can curse you out a little bit because I wanted to win it. Please, if anyone does do that, please just rub it in Robin's face. That would be greatly appreciated. Or, you know, the, you could send me the card and you could be the official super fan of the podcast. No, don't do that. Send it to Neil or me instead. It's well, I just wouldn't give them your address. I'd be like, cool, you want Duncan's address? It's <laughs> insert my address here. Because I'm obviously not going to give my address out. What happens if they say, oh no, instead I want to give it to Neil? Then I'll give him my dad's address. Oh. I have enough family members I can send him to that don't know enough about the card that they'll just accept it blindly. <laughs> Moving on to our other few little bits of news. 
if you're into that kind of thing, Build-A-Bear have a 25 years special Mewtwo Build-A-Bear thing you can go and do. Uh, from the pictures I've seen, it looks like it's wearing either a robe or like a dressing gown, nighty sort of thing. Looks pretty cool, especially if you're a big fan of Mew. Go down and check it out. I don't know the prices on that, but it looks fairly good. Surprisingly, never been a big fan of Build-A-Bear. Not had much need for building my own teddy bears. Although some of the evolutions I've seen in there look pretty cool. I won't mind maybe looking at them sometime. I believe that's it. Unless you two have anything you'd like to mention. No, I've not really seen anything. The only thing that's come up is some new type of product. I don't know what it is. It's just listed as upcoming Pokemon merch. But there is a lot of spotlight on Gen 4 Pokemon in that, so it's more fuel to the Diamond and Pearl remake fire. I mean, it makes sense to advertise the Gen 4 Pokemon if you're going to be releasing an entire game based around them. I did hear somewhere that the potentially that game is going to be leaning more towards Pokemon Let's Go style, but... I've heard contrary rumors to that. I've I've heard I've heard that there's no reason to believe that that could just be that random internet noise. Yeah, I mean that's not, however, to say that the Let's Go series is dead. Just not to expect that the Diamond and Pearl remakes will use it, but maybe the mm. Let's Go sub series might continue in some fashion. You never know. Or well, they might integrate that mechanic into some sort of spin-off game. You never know. The They might just have some form of uh, mechanic that layer that they um, bring over into the remakes from Let's Go or something. Or maybe it'll just be something that you have the option to switch between the two. Yeah. Like, do you want to catch by throwing a button or do you want to catch by waving your Joy-Con? Maybe button. Always go with the button, it's far easier. Mm -hmm. And takes less effort. I don't play video games to do effort. The only other bit that's not really so much news, more the internet being the internet, but people are getting very angry with... I can't remember his name because I don't put a lot of stock in him, but there was a Pokemon investment guru who essentially went on and saying that the uh, the holographic Pikachu from the General Mill cereal is going to be graded uh, to PSA 10 for $10,000. And it's recently come out that there is in fact a holographic Pikachu in every pack, which means that there will probably be tens of thousands of them. They are going to be the least valuable. I mean, they might be slightly more valuable because obviously it is Pikachu. People are always going to be interested in Pikachu, but I might get myself a pack. Have myself a 10 grand card there. That'd be nice. <laughs> so if you don't pay 10 grand for the pack. Oh, I feel sorry for the people that are paying stupid money for them. Because then they're still not technically out officially yet, but there's still loads on the market. And the prices that mm. people are paying for them are ridiculous. For a, a three pack blister of 
cards that you're going to get in a $2 cereal box is absolutely crazy. And I believe that is pretty much the news for the week. Like we said, it was a, it's a very quiet news week for Pokemon. Probably because they're keeping pretty tight-lipped on all the 25 years stuff that will be coming out over the next couple weeks. I do believe they have actually released official dates for all of the when the packs or the starters are being out. If you want to go check that out, that's quite common knowledge on the internet now. But like Neil said previously, there are going to be one every month releasing in backwards order starting with the binder this month but no actual extra news on them a segment that we're going to be calling professor conquers corner <laughs> i believe that was the uh, the official name for this segment we came up for last week and it's basically neil is going to tell us some interesting facts about pokemon i am so i was doing some research, as we discussed in our preview segment last week, about dual-type Pokémon who never get one of their types represented in the card game. And there's a lot of Pokémon that don't do this, or that only have like one card for it, and it's, it's really interesting when you actually look it up. It wasn't until Darkness Ablaze that Spinarak got a poison type card. Spinarak has been around for a while. Yeah, Spinarak's Gen 2, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't until Darkness Ablaze that there was a card representing the poison type for it. I mean, Spinarak's obviously it's probably not the most super popular Pokemon out there, so I imagine there probably isn't a tremendous amount. But there's yeah, there's that's... at least like 20 cards of Spinarak. Yeah, you'd think one there's of only them. Like one, there's only like one maybe two water type Weavile and Sneasel. It's just, some Pokemon just do not get this type printed a lot. And there's also an interesting thing I found about the starters, the Gen 6 and Gen 7 starters. Only Incineroar and Greninja from their respective generations got a card for their secondary type. So there's only Dark-type Incineroar and Dark-type Greninja, there's no Psychic-type Delphox cards, no Fighting-type Chestnut, no Psychic-type Decidueye Colorless Rel and Dartrix, and no Fairy-type Primarina cards. Do you feel it might be sort of to kind of placate to the more casual audience? In the fact of... I imagine quite a lot of people don't really think of Pokémon as dual-typing. If that makes sense, they're like, cool. Incineroar's fire, because it's fire. And Greninja's water, because it's water. Possibly. So they don't want to bring the cards out because they don't see the point? Or do you think it's just... I know that Greninja is the most popular of the Gen 6 starters. Greninja has much more cards than either of its two respective ones. So it probably stands to reason that it would eventually get one or two in the other typing just to mix it up yeah. you know for collectors for people who enjoy the artwork and, well I was going to say for competitive purposes but that's just not how the card game works no like Incineroar is an interesting one um, I didn't think Incineroar was the most popular gen 7 starter but then it might be the most popular fully evolved 
Rowlet's I mean, the most popular, but I don't know if Incineroar is maybe more popular than um, Decidueye. I mean, who doesn't like a fire-based wrestling Pokemon? That's just like two of one of my two of mine and probably Duncan's favorite hobbies. There, it's like wrestling in Pokemon in one big go. And a cat. I was worried then you were about cat. to say yes. fire there, Robert. <laughs> I mean, you're about to admit you're an arsonist, but you know. I am. I am a big fan of fire as well. <laughs> There's nothing better than oh. cooking a breakfast over a campfire. <laughs> but what I found in my research was there is one type which seems to be massively more neglected than any of the others, and that was Pokemon that are flying types. I found there are 47 flying-type Pokémon that do not have a colorless-type card. Even Corviknight, which has only had four sets available for it, has had both a metal and a colorless card. And yet Gyarados and Scyther and Butterfree and Charizard, all from Gen 1, not had a flying-type card. I mean, I understand Charizard because it being a flying type is probably like a dirt I feel like it's probably a dirty little secret for it because I imagine most people think it's by a dragon because of the, obviously the way it looks and the way it's sort of treated and uh, I know that when it becomes Charizard is it X that it becomes fire dragon yes mega Charizard X does I didn't count megas in my thing because there are some megas that never even got a card at all before the card games were just moved on from them because I could include like Mega Pinsa in that one, because that turns into a flying type, and there was never a dragon type Mega Ampharos or Mega Sceptile. You know what? That's actually really weird that they would have essentially a mechanic in their cards that had numerous Pokemon who had it, and they just never bothered printing one. That seems. Mm. Considering not, e not every Pokemon could have a Mega, you would think that they would have at least one of all of them for the I don't know, two, three years of printing cards that they would have had to have done it. That's Pokemon for you though. Their card printing choices are very strange. Well, it's because they've got to make room for the Charizard. It's grossly mm. underrepresented. <laughs> <laughs> There's what, at least three Mega Charizard EX cards? Maybe more. Exactly. We needed at least 17. Remember guys, it has one set without Charizard, one set with Charizard. But there are some interesting ones that, that I found that never had a flying type. I said even something like, you know, things like Scyther, Butterfree, Gyarados, and the Zubat family, all from Gen 1, never been represented as a colorless card. I found, I think, I haven't double counted to make sure that my list is accurate, but 11 out of the 47 are bug flying. Pokemon that were never given a colorless card. I don't know if there's a particular reasoning behind that or if it's just one of those interesting little... I think it's just the case of when people see certain Pokemon they do they just they do just fully forget that they have a they have a secondary typing. It's like when you if, when you look at Butterfree you just think that is a bug Pokemon because that's what it is it is a bug. I just feel that it's just generally and I feel like maybe Pokemon forgets when you come down to make the cards. What about ones that are actually birds though? Like Murkrow? Well, yeah. Uh, fair enough on that one. You know, as I stopped myself from saying, talking about competitive viability, you get, what, maybe 100 cards in the set uh, of actually Pokemon? Roughly, maybe? 
Yeah, if you include the ev evolutionary line as one Pokemon, then yeah, definitely. You probably only get... You know, you get about 100 cards and 70 or 80 trainer cards in a, in a set, roughly. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, because obviously all and of your full arts are duplicates and stuff. And generally, most and set have, like, the same Pokemon a couple of times. And, like, about a tenth of those cards are ever going to see a competitive play. If that. If that. Yeah. Because the card game is so focused on big basics, and if you're having a stage two, then there's no point in the stage one, because there'll be cards like the Rare Candy, which skip the middle stage. So it's not even like switching up one of these cards, say a Tropius, from instead of printing as a Grass-type card, you print it as a Colorless-type card. It's really going to take away from anything because it's not adding anything by being printed as a grass type card Drifloon and Driftblim aren't adding anything by being printed as a psychic type card yeah I get, I get what you're saying it's not a it does not like it has to be a psychic because that is the current meta in the competitive hmm. there's no there's no benefit to be fair there's no benefit or drawback to what elemental type of card is printed as right now because there's you know if you go to like if you watch any like world's tournaments there's like five different decks that all 50 people competing will use yeah probably so there's so only many, really very so it's just most card sets are just filler are all filler so i don't know what i don't know why they don't mix things up a bit you know make them look more interesting for collectors. You know, a collector says, hey, I just bought this uh, Hopip. But, hey, this Hopip's uh, on a colorless card. This is this looks different to all the 10,000 of the Hopip I've pulled over the years since Gen 2 card sets came out. I mean, yeah, true. If they, if they were to pull out a colorless Charizard, I think that would... Even if it was just a normal rare, would make it a very popular one just because of how different it would be. And also, it's something else for people that play the game more casually or for, or for fun, really. Because if you're not, if you're playing the game without competitive sight, basically, without trying to load up your deck with big basics, and you're just playing it for fun and creativity, then you have even more options available to you. I don't suppose you know because you didn't really look at it. But how many times do Pokemon evolve into different types? I don't think that, that doesn't happen very often, does it? Uh, Put you on the spot here, Neil. A Pokemon that will gain a new type upon evolution, Metapod Butterfree, say. Pure bug to bug flying. Uh, there are a few, but not many, that will uh, change I'm... typing upon evolution. Say, Dartrix goes from Grass Flying to Decidueye's Grass Ghost. I was talking mainly just in the actual card game. Oh, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, there's a few, but it's only when a Pokemon gains a dual typing. There were a couple of sets that had um, an Infernape. That was a fighting type Infernape card, but Chimchar and Monferno are both fire. Uh, one of the old Gen 2 sets, Neo something, um, had a fighting type polyrath card. Oh, right. Because um, I, I would, I honestly, I would feel that if you could, it would, it would add a great deal more strategy to the game if 
you a lot especially with three stage evolution pokemon if say it went from to say with like you said with well, i guess that wouldn't really work but if it went from one type to another and then switched back because depending on the other active because i was saying other than that would then determine well the other active pokemon like maybe you it wouldn't then benefit you changing pokemon i mean um i think an example of that could be the talon flame line because you could go from a colorless fletchender to a sorry a colorless fletchling to a fire type fletchender then to a colorless talon flame yeah i feel like that would create a, a great deal more variety and strategy if that was more commonplace because you don't know if somebody's going to evolve into something that could hit you for your weakness or yeah. might evolve away from something that you could hit with it. I mean, most Talonflame cards even would have a Lightning-type weakness in both Fire and Colorless Print, but if one of the Fire-type cards had a Water-type weakness instead, yeah. and you were against a Water-type deck, then you could, switch, you could evolve from that Fire-type Fletchinder into a colorless talent flame that maybe didn't have that weakness and give yourself a bit of an advantage there. We should uh, we should storm Pokemon HQ and demand more typings in Pokemon. Just more creativity, really. Oh, are you saying Pokemon's getting lazy in the later generations, Neil? That's no, it. just in their card choices. No, I think you're saying they're getting lazy. You're, you're the type of person who goes, Why is that Pokemon just keys? That's lazy. Which it is, to be fair. Then we've had, you know, just a pile of eggs and a ball. Pokemon's had simple designs and complex designs ever since it first came out. I like to call them their uh, crunch designs, where they're being given the dates <laughs> in which they have to design all the Pokemon and they get about four days before the end and need about another six Pokemon. And somebody somebody actually had a Pokemon design, but their, their papers got mixed up and the person just saw a picture of Pokeball upside down and thought, that'll do. Well, uh, I believe that is our first ever Professor Conker's Corner. Maybe I can... Oh, I can... forgot to mention. I forgot to mention. I teased last week the controversy of Lugia. Alright, yes, which is the controversy of Lugia. So after all that talking about Pokemon getting underrepresented typings, there are four cards that you could pull if you got your hands on our gold, soul, silver era packs. God help you if you could. Those very commonly available packs, yes. You could pull, there were four out of those sets, Lugia cards that you could pull that are water types. Lugia is not a water type, and yet has water type cards and... There are Pokemon that have never seen their own actual typings be represented. Well, no one's ever said that Pokemon Company doesn't play favourites. Yes, that is very, very true. It genuinely wouldn't surprise me if Charizard got a water form before Butterfree got its <laughs> flying form. Let's, uh, let's say that. <laughs> And if that actually happens, we know that somebody in the Pokemon Company is watching this podcast. Yes. That has been uh, Professor Conker's Corner. Do you have maybe your uh, ideas for what 
your subject next week will be, Neil? Not a clue. Not a clue. Well, come back for that exciting cliffhanger. We'll have to see if anybody in the comments section says that this is a popular segment. Hopefully. They could submit fan art of Professor Conker. <laughs> uh, if you have any anything, you can obviously leave it in the comments or you can email it to the email. I, it is in the description. I check it occasionally. Probably not as much as I should do, but if you have any criticisms, direct them at Neil and Duncan, not at me. If you have any praise, direct it at me, please. <laughs> all the good ideas are mine, and all of the bad ideas are not mine. That is generally how creative goes. So, uh, we'll move on to the final segment of the podcast, and it is our review of episode three of Pokemon Indigo League and Pokemon Journeys. And I think Am I the only person that thought these two episodes were basically the same episode? <laughs> the exception of like a Pokemon, with the exception of the catching, these episodes felt very, very similar to each other to me. I mean, they both equally didn't advance the story or do anything interesting, I'll say that. Half of the episode was just, half of the Indigo episode was Ash bickering with Misty, but they turned out to be friends in the end, and then half of the Journey's episode was Ash bickering with Go, but they turned out to be friends in the end. You know what? I didn't even I didn't even realise that, but yeah, you're right. That, that does follow a pretty similar theme. My thought was the original episode. They were. It was basically Misty saying, "Ash, you're wrong," and Ash just going, "Nah, nah, I'm right. I don't care." And then he somehow, even though he was wrong, it all worked out. Whereas mm. at least I feel they argued, but. Ash was sort of right that time, and it was like, oh, that that's sort of better. I, I get what you're saying, like, Misty was pretty much telling him cold hard <laughs> facts about the Pokemon universe that you would imagine anyone who grew up in that universe would know. Yeah, you'd think you'd learn that at school. And in, obviously in Journeys, goes kind of being, really just being a bit of a pain to Ash, and Ash is... I feel maybe being a bit more, surprisingly being a bit more childlike, I would say. And like his beliefs and guns probably being more realistic. Which, do we actually technically know which of the two is older? I imagine they're probably the same age. Yeah. I mean, Ash has been 10 for the last 20 odd years. I mean, Ash has <laughs> travelled the world and won a Pokemon League and met literally every legendary Excluding the three from the latest game. Or, well, five now. More than a span of like six months. Yeah, so maybe he is a bit more worldly than Go. But... I have a question for you two. What do you think your chances are of catching a Caterpie using a Pokeball while it is at full health? Probably actually quite good. I mean, I'm pretty sure that could be done, particularly. Brilliant forest weather like level. It was it was also having it under level ten. So yes, the weakest it could be. It was actually lower than I was expecting. I was expecting it literally to be like fifty percent. But it was it is only a thirty-three percent chance. Really? Yeah. 
So, I mean, Ash is still pretty lucky. He had a one in three chance of catching that uh, Caterpie, so maybe Misty is wrong. I didn't bother looking what the odds are for catching a Pidgeotto was. Um, I imagine they would be much significantly higher. I think Thundershock might have paralysed Pidgeotto, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, one thing I noticed I quite liked in the Journeys episode was the Machop on the construction side. Yeah. They're in Vermilion, they're in Vermilion City. And there was Machop working on a construction site, which we see in every game whenever we go to Vermilion. There's that little patch where there's a there's a workman and a Machop. Well, it's, just, it's a good thing you remember that, Neil. I don't remember the names of the cities from the games. There's too many of them at this point. I can barely remember the name of the road that I live on. <laughs> but yeah... I, th I thought that was a nice little easter egg. To the, to the games. Again, I, f I feel like the Indigo episode again sort of kind of felt of they didn't understand the rules of the universe 100% yet. Because instead of Misty going, oh, Caterpie's a bug type Ash, that's why Pidgeotto, the flying type, is strong against it. She's just that like. Bugs eat worms. Yeah, this basically she just went. Birds eat worms, Ash. Of course it's not going to work, you idiot. <laughs> Which is 100% true. Like, anyone, sh even if they don't understand Pokemon typing, should understand that you can't throw a worm against a bird and expect it to win. <laughs> also, it pretty much made Stringshot the strongest move ever, despite the fact that it's probably the worst move ever. <laughs> Other than focus energy in Gen 1, which actually decreases your critical hit chance because of a coding error. Bit of knowledge for you there, guys. Don't come for the news, come for the obscure Gen 1 <laughs> coding glitches. Now, a bit of a spoiler for the other anime series that are in between the two that we're highlighting on. Team Rocket have many times changed their motto. But we saw where the journeys today a return to the original motto, which was very nice. It's the best one. Well, yes, it's the iconic one. Yeah, it was nice that they went back to that. I, you know, it's it's nice that we can compare the two, you know, Team Rocket scenes with having them have the same motto. Well, it's, it's like I said, I, I genuinely feel, to me, anyway, Journeys feels like a bit of a soft reset for the whole kind of anime canon as a whole. Whether or not they've done it in previous series, because obviously I stopped one when it got to Johto myself. I mean, they've always sort of, with the exception of, with the exception of Johto, they've always tended to sort of start over like Ash only takes Pikachu with him and yeah. for some reason Pikachu is not as powerful as somebody else's like you know first starter I mean he probably melts it down for candies and gets a new one <laughs> you get back to the fact of again it's like oh this is how Metapod evolves it creates a string shot to case itself it's like no that's not how the Pokemon universe works no, that's how an actual caterpillar turns into a, a chrysalis, but, you know. So you kind of 
I, I don't, I'm not really enjoying that part of the series on a rewatch, but obviously, when I was watching it growing up, I didn't realise that. It's the red hat Saiyan thing, isn't it? Yeah. They didn't really know what they were doing. Yeah. I like that. I liken it to Yu-Gi-Oh! a bit, where it's like, Yu-Gi-Oh! was much worse, but it was just doing whatever it wanted. I did enjoy that we saw a bit more of Team Rocket's resources in the Journeys episode. It's got a nice couple of rental Pokemon there to have an exciting battle with. But still lose. Well, yeah. But still lose. I mean, but to be fair, Pikachu is like level 372 at this point, so yeah. <laughs> it must be. Maybe that's his true origin story. It, you, Professor Oak caught it while surfing up and down of um, Cinnabar Island. Because Pikachu just had all of its candies maxed out, and it's got those like ridiculous stats that you can have in Let's Go, where you can have like 10,000 HP. I mean, they didn't exactly pick the greatest Pokemon, the pick Gyarados, water flying, double weak to electricity. They didn't know it was Gyarados to be fair, it was just, you know, <laughs> well, of, like the Pachinko machine. True. Have we seen, because we haven't, that's the first time that Team Rocket appear, isn't it, in Journeys, or am I forgetting? Did they appear in episode uh, no, two? No, I think this is, this is our first appearance of Team Rocket, they weren't in the last episode, and no humans were in the first episode. No, the yeah. So we don't know if they're, I'm assuming they still have like Ekans and Coffin. No. Do they not? Arbok oh, and Weezing got released years ago. Did they, they got released during the Johto time. Well, don't don't tell me what it is. It'll be a nice surprise Jota, for me. It, yeah. It'll be a nice surprise. Yeah, they've to see got they... some. They've got some Pokemon that are still like at Team Rocket headquarters, but the only one they tend to really have with them at all times, aside from Meowth, is Wobbuff. Oh, well, I'll be happy to see what their new set of Pokemon are. So, I suppose, the unless you guys have any other points you'd like to bring up about the episodes, which one is the winner this week? So far, the current tally is the original is winning 2-0. I think this week, I'm voting Journeys. I think I'm going to go with Journeys as oh. well. Uh, well, it's unanimous because I'm going Journeys. I thought the Journeys episode just had more to it in the sense that, yeah, they didn't really progress storyline, but I felt like original one was just Ash and Misty just having an argument and that was it. And Whereas the other one, I felt like they had the argument, but they sort of resolved it nicer and just yes. gave a bit more character development, which I liked. You saw Clank Tower and you had the Tyranitar and Garados battle. It was... Yeah. Just more fun, I think. Yeah. Are you telling me that a battle between Tyranitar, Gyarados, and Pikachu is more fun than a Caterpie and a Pidgeotto? <laughs> in in which I am. And then the the, the the dramatic ending of the Caterpie evolving into a Metapod. For me, the the original one kind of just felt kind of fillery. They were just sort of making up the season numbers and they were like yeah we'll just because i'm pretty sure like the next three episodes we stay in the forest don't we like we don't get out of the forest anytime soon we've got at least i think at least one maybe two i feel like we've got we... a samurai episode in there somewhere yeah i'm not sure if they get out of the forest in that episode or if there's that episode then another one or if there's an episode then that one and they get out in that one but I feel like the next episode. One more forest episode. 
I feel like the next episode is the one where Metapod gets stolen. Spoilers, by the way. I can do this with the original series. I've got no idea with Journeys. Journeys is actually quite a nice surprise for me. The only thing I didn't like about Journeys is, is again, we still haven't seen any new Pokemon. It might have been nice if maybe one of Jesse and James's Pokemon was a new one. But I guess we'll get there eventually. I should probably actually keep a tally of which is winning because like, come by week eight, I'm going to forget. So far, so far, it's Indigo is winning, but it's now 2-1. 2-1. Maybe we should uh, start, maybe I'll see if I can create some kind of poll, and people who watch along with us at home can cast their votes as well. Hmm. Or we could try and guess which way we're going to vote. Oh, they could do. That would involve pre-planning. Each of us, which, who's going to cast their vote which way. But then we could create some kind of intricate betting system. I would end in one of us having to leave the podcast because we ate a pie before we went on. That's a football reference there, guys. I would have thought you would have got that one, Duncan. I'm into sports, not including football. There was either that... tennis, or wrestling, or cricket reference, I don't got it. There was a, probably like a year or two ago, there was a football player who got fired for eating a pie. Because okay. you could bet before the match that whether or not he would have a pie, and he saw the betting odds and told his family to bet on it, and then went and ate a pie. And because of that, the gambling commission told them that he had to be uh, removed. Okay. Yes. It was all of the rage and all of the talk at work. But anyway, that's not important. Back to Pokemon. <laughs> Actually, probably probably best not to because there's nothing left to say this week. Hopefully, uh, Pokemon will announce some more stuff for next week. Might have some more solid news on maybe a bit more of the 25 year stuff. Shiny Fates won't have been released by then. It doesn't get released until the 19th. So we'll maybe we'll have a little bit more news. I know they've revealed all of the artworks and stuff, but I generally like, don't like looking at it. Because I prefer looking when I get the cards. Especially for hollows, you don't get the same. You don't get the same pop. Just looking at a still image, you have to see the see the sheen. Mm -hmm. Well, guys, that's about it for this week then. I hope you've enjoyed it all. If you have any questions or topics you would like Professor Conker to research, I'm sure we could. <sighs> convince him to do that let us know what you thought about the episodes this week did you enjoy them did you not enjoy them do you think we're wrong if you think we're wrong remember it's duncan and neil's opinions not mine <laughs> and uh join us next week where hopefully we'll have loads of more important news for you i've been robin and i have definitely been neil and i have been duncan and we have been the gala region news at eight Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And if you'd like any more content out there, you can always search for myself at Robin underscore collects on YouTube and TikTok. 
The same goes for Duncan. You can find him on TikTok at Yadoing. That's been it for everyone at the Gala Region News at 8. Good luck hunting, everyone. And remember, stay safe.